All right, welcome back to another edition of Coach's Corner. Friends, I got something special for you today. Not one coach, but two coaches on set. So it's a two-for-one today. We're going to have a lot of fun, I promise you. Stay with us because uh, you're not going to want to miss this show. Ah. Times are tough. I don't have to tell you that. You know that they're tough. They're beating a lot of people down. I'm getting calls on a regular basis now from clients, friends, family members that are challenged. They're struggling, and they don't know what to do to pick themselves up, to get themselves out of the funk. And you might think, well, you know, times are tough, and that's what we're going to expect. But I think the piece that's missing, and a lot of people will miss this, is that we are examples for those around us, our loved ones, family, friends, clients, customers, they're all looking at us and saying, you're the example. Are Either you're going to be a warning of what not to do or you're going to be a shining example of what to do. So my guest today is Stephen Memmel. He's a voice and performance coach. And uh, maybe three years ago, maybe four years ago, Stephen was on stage with our friend uh, Ken MacArthur. Ken, I know you watched his show. Thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate it. And uh, Stephen came up on stage and I was blown away by his presentation. And what he did was really help uh, solidify an identity in an audience member. He brought an audience member up on stage and he helped solidify an identity and completely shifted her within just minutes. And I thought, this is really what we need right now. We need someone who can show this and show us how to do that because when life is beating us down, which it is right now, what if you could change your identity? Instead of being the victim, you'd be the victor. What would that look like? So I want to introduce you to my friend, and he's soon to be yours, Stephen Memmel. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you for having me. I'm here. really happy to have you here. This is going to be a, a great program. And I got to tell you that uh, after I sat in that audience, and you did that, um, it was a king and I, and you took on this, this identity of being the king, it really solidified something for me because it, it really helped me understand, number one, why so many in Hollywood, so many musicians, change their name. Right. Right? Why do they change their name? Because they take on a what? A new identity. Correct. Fresh, clean identity without Correct. the childhood nonsense. And the girl you brought up on stage, you trained her in minutes, and she was a different person. Yeah. Do you, you remember saw, who it was? I don't remember the name of the girl. She was in the audience, but mm -hmm. I do remember watching her physiology, and she just blossomed and she came to life and she was so powerful and so strong when she was mousy when she first walked up mm -hmm. on stage but you did a couple of things with her and you just worked with her for a few minutes and it was like whoa all right i gotta go talk to this guy steven i didn't know him at the time but i got a chance to meet you and uh and i'm very fortunate since. that we did <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so let's talk about this identity thing let's start off with what the basis what is the identity how do you identify how do you you uh tell people what the identity is and how powerful it is in, in people's lives and why we may want to shift that when we're feeling beaten up here. Well, I'm probably going to name a lot of things that everybody's familiar with and like the stories that we tell each other ourselves in our heads and, and a lot of those kinds of uh, adages and, and uh, pieces of fact that we know about how we think and what our thinking does to us. But it's kind of like what, what I think when, when, when you talk about doctors, you know, and doctors basically have the same tools. Well, why is one doctor considered the best doctor and another not quite as good? It's because what they do with the tools and how they put them together and how they use them. So I'm going to hopefully introduce you to some new ways of looking at the ideas of carrying a story or a narrative about ourselves in our head and and how we are manipulated by that or moved by that and whether we um, let it rule us or whether we gain some level of dominion over it and utilize it to the best effect. So um, with that as a start, we all have an identity, right? right. But I think one of the most difficult things is when, and one of my pet peeves is when somebody says to you, just be yourself, right? Because my, my, my. I don't my, like who I am. Well, well, but. Right. And the identity wasn't, wasn't 
chosen by us, which is the other piece to that. Correct. We didn't choose it. It was given to us. You know, we had our identities were formed by the time we're seven. Right. Right. And we didn't know who we were. Our parents didn't know. Our teachers didn't know. Our friends didn't know. And yet here we are living with this thing. Well, and that's the point exactly, because what you'd say is, which self? You know, that's why (laughs) I say, you know, be yourself. (laughs) And everybody gets to look like, like a deer in a headlight because it's like, which one? And they don't know they're thinking that, but that's exactly it, because there is the self. I mean, the self that we identify uh, as is actually exactly what you're saying. It's what we've been given by other people, some of it from our experiences in life, what we've decided we are based on that. But it's not on purpose that we have that identity, right? Yeah. So the question is, we well, the... First of all, the fact is that we have this superpower, and I learned that in acting. The superpower is that we can take on other identities. And um, one of the frequent things you hear about actors, oh, it must be fun because you can hide behind a character. And I feel like it's the least hiding that we ever do when you take on a character because you reveal the most of yourself and the most truthful parts of yourself but a different organization of it maybe than you are used to walking around with and used to behaving like in your life Mm -hmm. so that's that's what you're seeing is we we get this identity given to us just like you were talking about and we don't question it well, a, and it comes on. up at a very young age, too. And by the time we're seven, right. we've got this identity of who we are. Somebody else gave it to us. Somebody else formed it. Somebody else said, you're going to be this or you're going to be that. You're going to be a doctor. You're going right. to be a fireman. You're gonna... And it's like we have all this thrown on us. And, and by the time we're seven, and, and it sticks with us. It sticks with us. But that's really because does. we rehearse it again oh, that's and a good again point. That's and a good again. Point. Yeah. That's why actors have rehearsals, because they have to absorb. And, and I'll get more into how one uses roles to do this, but but we rehearse it because we don't question it. And so this this idea, this formation, this this constellation of facts and elements and ideas about who we are, just we put it in and in and in and in until it becomes extremely difficult to dislodge and shift. Right. Well, yeah, we don't know. We no longer know where my identity begins and where the reality is and where it isn't. And, and we take and then the other piece to the identity, which I think is just fascinating, is that we fight to the death to maintain consistency with how we identify ourselves. Absolutely. Even if it's wrong. Absolutely. We'll fight to the death. And, and you know, it's like, it, you see that in politics. Right. I am a Democrat or I am a Republican. No, you're not. You're a human being. Right. You may lean Republican or lean Democrat, but because the very languaging of it, we become that. Right. And then we defend that position literally to the death. And there's no way to change people's minds. Right. And it's like that across the board. Politics is just an easy example. But, you know, it's I'm fat or I'm, I'm not good enough or I'm not, you know, whatever those things are. We're also, I think, very loath to give up our um, – we get attached to our identity. Yeah. And Gives us so, comfort. It's comfort, and, you know, I've even noticed at those times when I haven't been what I feel is my best self, Um, and I've had, like, a period of time that I may have, I'm sure nobody else has ever felt this, where I've been somewhat disappointed in who I've been being and who I've been allowing myself to think of myself as, and I know how to shift that, but... There's an incredible resistance in me sometimes to shifting it, yep. to come out of that yep. that place that I've gone into. It's almost like a kid, like, no, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> well, take my football and go Like home. you said, it feels good. We're 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 being our identity. We're being who we think we are, and right. you know, you're defending that. And you're holding on to it because change is difficult. It's difficult. Right? And change is always preceded by chaos, and nobody wants to go through chaos. Everyone wants to change, nobody wants the chaos that precedes it. And then there's also obligation with a new identity. You know, do I have to be that all the time? Can I be that all the time? So I think one of the key points I want to make, which is really um, an important kind of like uh, piece of the lock that releases everything in this, is understanding that you may think you do you all the time, but you don't. 
you, you and everybody, everybody plays different roles all the time. So if you ask yourself, are you the same person with your kids as you are with uh, your boss, if you have a boss? Are you the same person with uh, a bunch of guys you're going and hanging out with, a bunch of friends, as you are with the clergy at your church? No, you're constantly taking on different roles, but you don't think of them as roles. You just think of them as... I do. I learned to consciously think of that. And I say, okay, what role am I going to play? And I'm actually able to... I got to the point now where I can actually pick that. Well, that's unusual. Before, yeah, it's very unusual, but I'm trained. Right. Right. So I had a lot of Tony Robbins training, and identity oh, right. was something that just came through and is like one of the biggest topics. And so it was like, okay, when you know, you're coming in, so what role do I play here on stage versus off stage? Is it different? Right. 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 And it's a little different. I'm a little more expressive here than maybe I would be if we're sitting at a at a bar having a, you know having a burger together sure. or something, right? Sure. But that's a different role. Yeah. But it is you are conscious. You can be conscious right. if you pay attention to it. And you're right. Most people aren't conscious of it. Or even. <clears throat> Whether it's more expressive, expressive or not, it's differently expressive. Right. So, like, you know, if we're hanging out at a bar, I might be doing, you know, this kind of a thing and, you know, like this, but I'm not going to probably do that on your show, right? <laughs> you might be mumbling over the burger, you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, but there's so much nuance to it, and, and one of the there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance to it, but the the, I think the important thing is to realize that, or, or a lesson from acting is to realize that when we're an actor, we're given a role to be somebody. And we're, when, when you try to convince yourself that you're somebody, you're really working against a lot of resistance that's going to come up. Yeah. So there's a very subtle difference but that's very very important which is you have to be that person and you don't have to you know that's why i have the whole thing about fake it till you make it i'm not thrilled with that because that kind of gives me the sense that you're going to be thinking well i'm faking this there's kind of like a duality right. you're creating mm -hmm. and you don't yeah. want to create that duality you want it to be of a whole so it's more of allowing yourself to know that this new stuff, whatever this thing is, is true. Like if I say I'm someone who never spends time regretting anything, I, I, uh, that's not me. I wish it was. <laughs> you know? I don't know about you, but... I don't think it's any of us, honestly. No, yeah. really. Um, so, so if it is, please call me. I want to know your secret. <laughs> but there are people who, who affirm madly that they don't have time for regret. So I actually tried that on. Actually, it was near here once, you know, where we are in the studio. Um, I said, I'm going to try that character. So I just started being someone who never regrets anything. I have no room for regret. And I think you can even feel me allowing the truth in as I do it. And that's what uh, a practiced actor really can do. They, they are able to be true, allow it to be true, you know. Um, if, uh, uh, so, so give me a circumstance, like something that happened in, in a life, you know, that... Well, yeah, if you're going for a job interview, right? Okay. You, there, there's a lot of fear that comes up. There's I'm not good enough. All the self-esteem issues come up. All the childhood issues. When okay. mom told you you weren't good enough, you well, got all of that coming in. But you've got to play the role of the interviewee who's right. confident. So right? you think. So you think, you think. Yeah. okay? <clears throat> so, um, so... Uh, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not. Absolutely. There's something wrong with me and I wouldn't hire me. If I were you, I'd save yourself a lot of trouble and just not hire me. Okay? Just like that. Just like yeah. that. And people okay. do that. They, they, they don't do. recognize it, but that's how they're showing up. But Body now, language, and right? But <clears throat> on this, you know, I'll, I'll even tell you something that happened right here. You know, I, I haven't done a lot of 
podcasts or anything like that recently. You know, I used to do a ton, but just there's been a lot of things going on. So, and I drove down here two and a half hours just now, just got off the freeway from driving down, uh, you know, heavy traffic, afternoon traffic. And so, you know, it's afternoon, so there's a lot of tired stuff going on. I don't feel tired, but I, I, I know I'm not like at that wake up, right. you know, bam, bam energy. So my first instinct when I began, and you might even see it if you replay the, the recording, is that I was trying to be up and energetic and positive like this. And then I realized that I was pushing myself out of a little bit above the truth of where I was. And so then if you watch what happens to me subsequently, you kind of feel my energy go a little bit, see how it's like mm -hmm. this now? Yeah. So right now I feel much more like I'm actually here talking You're present and you, yeah, exactly, right? right. You're and not I'm trying to act and try to be something you're not. Correct, right. correct. You're but more you're, honest about it. Yeah, yeah, but you have to be very in tune and aware yeah. to do that. Yeah. And back to the job interview, so I think a lot of people going, go into job interviews feeling they have to be more like what I felt obligated to be when I first came in. But really what you need to be is more truthful, you know? And, and one of the best ways to accomplish that is by knowing what you're really there to do and that you're really there to help, right. you know? So yes, I want you to be impressed by me, but I think you're gonna be impressed by me if you share with me what your needs are and I have some wise or you know, insightful things to say around that and how I will handle certain situations and that my authenticity proves that as I'm expressing it. Right, and that's what we're looking for. We're always looking for people to be authentic and not to come on and, and be the actor. I get a lot of people who will, business owners will say, well, I'll just fake it. I'll fake the authenticity. So good luck with that. Yeah, People right. will feel the energy of it. They and they'll know right away. And you might fake it. You may get the sale, but it won't last. They'll figure out that it's not true. And the remarkable right? thing is that if you find your you know, real center and you find that truth, where you actually feel like you're present, and that's why present means actually here, um, then there's an energy that starts rising up in you that emerges from that. So, so though it may feel for a moment like you might be kind of quieting down, it's gonna result in, you know, real, <laughs> like, energy when you need it. You know, if you need it, you. Do whatever you need, you know. Well, it's so you're not burnt out is what you're, you're trying to say. You're not burnt out. Yeah. So, because because having this facade going, it takes a lot of energy. It does a lot of energy, a lot of energy. It does. But it's then it's not authentic, right? And then what happens is it actually drains your energy rather than coming back to your center where you were. Right. You were at this energy. Now you're coming up. I can see your energy really coming up now. Right. You're but coming, now you're coming into the game, right? Uh, coming into the game. But it's, it's, it's authentic. authentic yeah. Right. Which I, I saw a little bit of an episode of I Love Lucy earlier today. <laughs> Somebody had it on in uh, in the car place where I was dropping off my car. And Lucille Ball had a phenomenal quote, which she said, you can be as exaggerated as you want, as long as you believe the exaggeration. Oh, that's a great quote. <laughs> Isn't that it? That is a great quote. So it can be yeah. like this, you know, if as long as if it's, if it's really there, yeah. you know. And I think it, uh, uh, so many times, so much of us have, so we have so many of these different ways that mm -hmm. we express ourselves. Yep. We tend to think of it in one way, but that's because we don't look at ourselves when we're carefree and hanging out with friends. We don't say, well, who's that me? You know, what does that feel like? This you know? is Stephen 82. Right. <laughs> right. Or another way I see it is, you know, one of the things that I see, I was just talking with somebody about this the other day, which is the confusion between professional and serious. Now, mm. I won't name any names, but I've coached several people for videos that have been, you know, some significant known people, people who you'd probably be aware of. And we're having this wonderful chat beforehand while we're getting ready for the video, the lighting guy's doing the lighting and all that. Um, and finally the lighting guy will say, okay, we're ready. And the person will go like this. 
and they'll, they'll turn out all the lights, you know, all those beautiful, wonderful lights that were happening and the, 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 the charm and the, so, so the idea that being playful or being um, humorous or any of those kinds of things that, that has some equation in our mind with lack of professionalism, but that's not true. I mean, you look at... Oh, we see that all the time here. I get that in the studio. I bring in uh, people who are not like you and I right. used to being on camera. And they're okay with having a chat. And all of a sudden, okay, we're going live. Five, four, three, two, one. And, you know, right. it's like the right. fear comes up. And you could feel the energy just shift with them. Right. And it's like, well, that doesn't work. And they don't know that it doesn't work. They're trying to be something they're not. And it comes across as fake. And people right. watching go, well, that was horrible. You know, where's the authenticity in that? Right. And it comes from the idea of there being an obligation to be something. Okay. So when you're dealing with an obligation to be something, you can't be what you are. Oh, good one. Good one. How's it first? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Somebody out there, write it down for me if you wouldn't mind. Send Um, them an email. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, send me an email. Um, But uh, but it's, it's really true. You can't occupy two spaces at the same time right. you know so that's why if if i'm being that guy like i was talking about who has no regrets about anything i don't have time for regret when i say that i literally feel my entire because i practice this so much my entire insides shift into a completely other gear now i know you, you were talking about that yourself mm-hmm. but to get to the point where you're able to occupy any truth immediately is an extraordinary experience. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. Because well, it, gives you, it gives you a lot of power, too, because you're not trapped into one, one correct. You know, way of being. Correct. And if you allow yourself to understand that that's something that you already do all the time, it's not going to seem like such a wild wacky thing it'll feel uncomfortable because rather than being swept away by our ideas about who we were and who we were born with who we were told we are who everybody's reflecting who we think we should be or shouldn't be how we're wrong or right or any of those things we we actually allow ourselves to to just move into a new way of being and that it's okay it's all right and you can become intimate, you know, in, in a second and, and yeah, be like that, you know, and, and then. But we see it all the time. We see people shifting gears, if you will, emotionally. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> the kid walks in the room and all of a sudden the conversation oh, just shifts. The energy just shifts. Or, you know, when they talk to their pet. Yeah. Right. They're all of a sudden. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah it's a totally different yeah. person almost. But I mean, really, I, I, I think that'd be a good exercise for everybody to do is to, um, y- you know, write down, just think about maybe five different characters you've become. Who, who, who are you when? And then think about what you what you are like at that mo- at those moments. And I'm saying you're not making judgments, I mean, it's an experiential what you are like. It's, it's a nonverbal description of yeah. what you are like. Yeah. And that's something I'm big on, which is experiential memory. We are so attuned to our cognitive linear minds because we don't realize, and this is something that's a real uh, cause of mine, we don't realize that only five percent about five percent and they're going to argue with percentages at some point but five percent of your thinking your brain processing is conscious processing 95 percent is subconscious or non-conscious and the conscious part goes top speed about 500 words a minute you know fastest talker you go to YouTube, and you look on YouTube, and there's a guy, a guy who talks 500 words a minute. He made a whole career. But he's the guy who did the FedEx commercials. Remember that? Oh, really? Yeah, he's, yeah, the, yeah, okay. he's the guy who did that. Well, well the, the non-conscious 95% is traveling 500,000 times faster. Wow. 500,000 wow. times faster. That's how it's processing. And, and yet, we 
have so much more, almost to the point of non-existence of that part, so much more belief in this puny, what I call it, the puny 5%. Yep. yep. You know, and you see that when I teach singing or, or, or even speaking a lot or working with speakers or, or I work with a lot of singers. A lot of my work is still in that singing and vocal performance, but I work also now with a lot of speakers and, and experts and entrepreneur, entrepreneurs and people who do uh, stage and who do video. Um, but that was a little advertisement. <laughs> I thought I'd call myself out. How about that? Good job. Um, so... <laughs> I like that, um, but uh, you're welcome to it. If that's you know. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but but you know, I'll get them to do something. Like, let's take a singer. I'll get a singer to. I'll trick them into getting beyond their conscious mind, so that a new mechanical thing happens. Because your voice is really, you don't have a voice. You have vocal anatomy, and how you coordinate that determines what your voice is. And I can show you a demonstration of that in a minute. You know, but. But, um, but I'll trick them into doing something spontaneous so something new will happen with their voice. And the same thing with a speaker, you know, a new sound or whatever. And then I'll say, that was it, that was it. Again, do it one more time, and you'll see this happen. I don't know how I did it. No, 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 actually, that's another one. That's that, another they, one, okay. They do this. <laughs> and what they're doing is they're trying to take something that was a completely experiential moment that shouldn't be linearized, you know, or step by step. And they're trying to put it into their, how did I do that mind? But that's not how they got it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It does. Wow. So, so what you have to do, and this is what we should be taught in school, is that we have these two ways of processing. And this ties to creativity. This ties to everything we do. But that we have these two ways of processing. One is linear. Um, step by step, judgmental, and I don't mean that judgmental in cr critical self-judgment, I mean it's judgment. That's very necessary. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't show up anywhere, right? right? But what we're not taught about is how to access like a tool like this, that, that experiential, immediate, sudden, surprising part. And that's, that's something that I've made my life about and also made my, my helping other people about is helping them find that, that ability to do that because there's where the magic is. So when you teach somebody how to do a better speech or how to speak, you know, they're always trying to make it work on all the beats that you've given them rather than, okay, that's inside. There's a part of me that got that that I'm not even aware of, right? There's a part of me that got that's that. the bigger part of us. And that, you know, you're right when you said, you know, you're not going to get that in school. Well, of course not. School is a system. School is a system. Right? And, and they have to teach, what, 40 kids with one teacher? And they teach the same way and they hope all 40 get it? That's why you have such a range. You have the A students and right. you have, you know, the F students and everything in between is because we don't all learn the same way. Yes. <clears throat> but they could teach everybody that. They could. They could, and, but there's so little experience with it. So, and the idea is, you know, if you think of it, if you really realize that you can access one or the other at the drop of a hat, you're gonna use the right tool for the right job at the right time. You're not gonna use a hammer to put in screws, to screw in screws. You're not gonna use a screwdriver to hammer in nails. So when you know how to access these different parts, and it's easy to do that, then you really have enormous power, enormous power. It's easy because you rehearse, you practice, you right. learn the new systems, and you're able to put that into play. And I think right now it's, it's important because, uh, you know, like I said, people are really struggling right now. Too. They are. And they need to take on a new identity, not being the victim, but be the victor. Right, right. right. And... <clears throat> I'll even take it a step further because that's a, a, so important, so right what you said, and we should talk more about that. But you can practice freedom. You can practice the state of free. And most people don't do that because like they'll, they'll 
practice the, the nuts and bolts of it, this system, and then they'll say, now I'm going to go free and try it, but they're really keeping their eye looking over their shoulder to monitor, is it sticking? <laughs> am I doing it? Am I really free? Right? <laughs> what, yeah, well, am I doing the stuff I practice, yeah. actually, because that's not free. What you want to know is when I'm not looking over my shoulder, what of what I worked on is sticking and what's not. And it's good news either way, because if it sticks and you've really let go, then you know when I'm not watching it, it's there. What a great feeling. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you know what you've got to go back into the woodshed and apply linear focused attention is what I say too. But you're, you're right. So what do you think are, are, is the roles, are some of the roles that people are adopting at this time that are not serving them? I, I think when they're being overwhelmed by bad news and okay. they're looking at mainstream media and they're getting attacked by, by this left, right, and center, I think when they're going to the gas pump or the grocery store and what they're feeling is they're feeling helpless. Right. I think is probably the best way to put it. I see a lot of people who are taking their foot off the gas pedal for their, their businesses, taking their foot off the gas pedal in a lot of ways in their lives, Right. right? Yeah. and they're retreating when really what this should be doing with us is bringing up that inner voice that that inside that that's been trapped should be coming out and getting louder now this is the time for that right right, and right. people are going the other way right so what i want to help them do and i know you're the perfect guy to help them with this is how do they tap into that power that inner power and how do they bring it out how do they become yeah. the king right 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 um and uh, you, you know should i i'll do a little bit on the king thing mm -hmm. because i think it's important um well, you know, I think it is important, but it's, it was so illustrative when you did it, and the way you did it is is bringing that woman uh, oh. back to life. It was, okay. it was, you know, she was mousy, quiet, whatever when right. she came on stage, and and you know, three minutes okay. later she was. All right. You know. <laughs> so how do you access it? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to be aware of what you're telling yourself. You know, um, you have to hear yourself. Non-judgmentally, because most people hear themselves say things that they would rather not be saying, and they judge themselves. Oh, I feel such a victim. God, I suck for being a victim, you know? Well, you know, I'm so guilty of that, too, so I have lots of experience in how to undo this. But do we want to undo it? That's the thing. Um, so, uh, so first of all, you have to go, wow, I'm really feeling helpless. I'm really feeling helpless. So you have to first get there and not be so fast to want to change it. Okay? Good point. Um, so step number one would be recognizing where you are. Recognizing and, where and you are. And coming into that space and recognizing, yes, I'm telling myself this. Absolutely. Right? I'm That's not right. feeling empowered. I'm feeling disempowered. I'm feeling helpless. I'm feeling scared. You know, whatever those emotions are. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Good. Um, and... You know, when I teach that kind of communication, when I teach communication in general, the first place I say is, the first level is, um, the most important communication is not the one you make to other people, it's the one you make to yourself, because everything else stems from there. Mm -hmm. So, all right, I feel helpless. <sighs> That's okay. <laughs> you know, you have to give yourself permission. And then... Um, yeah, there's a number of ways you can go back about it depends on where you're where you are and that's why you have to be very fluid with a lot of tools but one thing would say is am i really helpless is there really absolutely nothing i can do yeah there's nothing i could do you know you got to deal with both of you um you know okay well what's something that i do have agency over right now well I just turned my hand over. I mean, it can be that simple. I wasn't helpless doing that. Now, that's really simple, but you, I wanted to get, understand the it's idea. It's a place to start, yeah. It's a place to start. So, so because you've got to be able to know you're not lying to yourself. When you start feeling like you're trying to sell yourself a bill of goods, you're dead meat. It's not going to well, hold. The brain knows. It can say BS, BS, knows. BS, you BS. Know, right? You know. You know. <laughs> I don't believe that. But if I'm saying, well, 
Is there any circumstance under which I couldn't do that? Now, I'm not advising to do this. I'm riffing right now as I'm doing this, but that's a thing because there's no way I can say to myself, I don't have the ability to do that. There's no way I can, con I couldn't convince myself that I don't have that ability. And is that helpless? No, that is a form of agency. What I can do is I can minimize it and make it not enough and not sufficient and all that, which is true that it's not sufficient to change necessarily the course of your business, but it's a crack in the door of whether you're mm -hmm. truly, yep. fully, completely helpless, you know? And if I'm not helpless there, you know, where else am I not entirely helpless? Can I drive home? You know, if I'm at the gas station, I think you said or something like that, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, can I drive home? I can, you know, but I can't fix my income and make my, <laughs> well, but what you're trying to do is get agency over yourself, right? Because when you start realizing that there is any control that you have, you can start looking for, if I could control something in relationship to my business, and I'm making a big leap right now because there's a lot of stuff you can do, but what, what would that one thing be? Or what would a number of possibilities be? Don't even have to come up with the right thing. Come up with 10 lousy things. It's a little bit like building momentum. Well, you just need this little small thing and then the next small thing and the next it small is. thing. And but the danger is you, know you can't it, think momentum. You can't think momentum, okay. No, because if you think momentum, that's an obligation. Interesting. Right? See, that's why he's here today. <laughs> it's so subtle. It, it has to be, it has to be, if I went no further than this, that's it, okay? But being here is what you say to yourself. Is there some place additional I could go? Would I want to? Is it useful right now? Do I stay with that and let myself simmer in that? You know, but we feel like if we don't do everything right now, it's not gonna work. Right. So what we do is we erase the little bits that we get that if we leave alone and nurture and, and allow ourselves to experientially say, ah, I feel what that feels like, that that does feel like a level of power, you know? Huh. So now, and, and when I have people memorize things, uh, do experiential memory, I say, I don't want you to describe that. I just want you to do some, just, just kind of experience that. You're allowed to go like this. Hmm. Hmm. Because you've got to let it... Got to let it in, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what the, those little tidbits are. And I'm so guilty of doing that, especially now I've been through some real trials and tribulations in a lot of different ways, which I won't go into at the point, but, but it's made me want to bat away the little increments. Because unless it's an increment that counts, you know, like I've done something. So you're going back into judgment. You're going back into judgment. Yeah, okay. Where it really is simply that I've had, I, I call them micro experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get really in tune with our micro experiences. And we all feel that if we took enough presence to allow ourselves to experience something that's going on, you know, we, we, we know a feeling like when somebody says something to you and you have a little little zets, you know. It may not be, it may, it may go past you, you may throw it away and let it go and be nothing, but if you took a second, you could say something happened there, you know, or, or I felt that this morning when my insurance, which I've been paying for, you know, I've had a lot of things go on, but I had to take my car in, and the fact that my deductible I was worried about this huge thing, and my deductible was only $300, and they, they actually made an appointment for me that I took my car in, and, and they were there. And 
and they did take me right to the rental place and and the rental place had a car and the right car for me was the right and it was like each one of those things was like it was a it was a, it was breath you know so i could dismiss that as just a thing that happened or i could allow the sensation of that experience to be a part of the recipe, the concoction of what my day is. So if I think, as other things came up, if I think, oh, everything is shit, you know, but my truth inside me is going to shake its head, you know, and said, no, no, not if you're honest. That thing this morning was not shit. Yeah, and you it's know? so easy. I think you know we have so much going on sometimes. Just, we don't take that time. We don't. We don't take the time to think about it, to feel it more importantly, right? right? And to feel that, and and we'll take the two or three things that didn't go, correct. And then we'll explode them, right? And we'll make them bigger than they really are. And we have to be okay that we're doing that. Yeah. See, it's yeah. always okay. But you're right about the presence. You know that it's it's when we find ourselves in presence, I and mean, when we're in presence. Our experience of being human is so different, you know. It's when we can really connect with right. another person. It's when we can really connect with ourselves. It's and when it's, it's so important to do it now. I mean, with what's going on out there, it's so important to be there. Because we are having wins. Uh, you know, they're not easy to find, but we are having wins every right. day. Every one of us is having, like, your wins this morning with the insurance. Right. It's like, that's really cool. Right. right? Or the winds, you know, what, what I thought of at the beginning of the pandemic is everybody's, I thought this way before it was, you know, being written about in articles and stuff like that, but everybody was having to slow down. The minute the, the shutdown happened, I went, it's going to really freak a lot of people out who are used to driving like crazy, you know. They're going to have to slow down and be a little more reflective. And now there's other negative things about that. And it's a tragic, tragic, tragic thing. We all know that, can never forget about tragedy that happened and also the divisiveness that it but you you hit on the right thing it's like because no matter how bad or how tragic something is there's a good side to it silver lining and everything right so that's our job really is to start to look for those things and say okay what was the benefit that we were able to take from this okay slowing down certainly was one of them now i'm going to be really picky which is allow ourselves instead of look for it allow ourselves to notice Right, because when I start looking for something, and now this may not be this may be very different for you, so mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that, but I'm just kind of saying that for everybody out here. You got to find your own terminology and what works for you. But when I start looking for something that's out there again, that's an energy after something rather than has there been anything, you know, which is looking, but it's a, there, there's a thing with allowing rather than making. Which yeah, I and I think, I think what you're important. saying is you're searching for it internally rather than looking for evidence out there. Correct. Right? That's a very good way yeah. of saying it. That's exactly so you're pulling it up it and you're saying, okay, so I felt this or this happened and I didn't allow myself time to feel it. I just ran past it and went on to the next thing. Well, <clears throat> on camera, I want you to watch when you were talking about looking for it uh-huh. and what he just did right there because you felt, I know you all felt the difference. The shift. Didn't you feel the shift? <laughs> yep. yeah. You felt it too. And there, are, we all have the ability to do that. This is why you're such a good coach. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I really do. That means a lot to me because I have such great respect for you and who you and are ditto. and what yeah. you do. Yeah. You know, um, that's why you're here. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but it, it's really, it, it, it's really that shift. And then we're not asked to pay attention to that shift enough of the time. So. So if we knew how important it was, you know, to be able to recognize the second place versus the first place. And, you know, both have their purposes, right? Right. So there's no rules. Um, you got to be attuned to what's needed in the moment. There may be a no- moment where it has to be very directive and aggressive, you know, where being reflective and everything would be the fake. You know, right. it's like people, you know, who go, yeah, you know, I really, I really feel what you're saying, <laughs> you know, like, 
Yeah. You know, those overly... Well, those are only people in L.A., I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Right. But, but, but you're totally onto it. Yeah. You're totally onto it. And, and it's because you know that as a human being. And that's why when, when we practice living in that space, that people react to us differently. People start reacting to you like, wow, you're really somebody who... I can tell the truth to you're really somebody who I can trust and you know everybody's looking for the no like and trust you know well be someone that other people because can you can't trust. fake that I mean the truth no. is a lot of people think you you can just learn it and I'm just gonna be no. the person everyone likes and I'll be the funny man or whatever but they feel your heart they do they can really feel it and you know there's there's in this insurance thing again there was somebody I called and they got right down to business. This young woman got right down to business, and she'd actually, obviously, had been coached. She said, "What? Well, let me start again. I'm really sorry to hear that, you know, about the car. But she either was a very unusual person or really got coached by some amazing people because I never feel like people are meaning that when they just do it like that. She actually was backtracking and actually... I felt it. Wow. I felt wow. it. You know, it was real empathy. You know? That is, so, you're right. It is so And rare. I'm even feeling choked up, yeah. you know, while I'm talking <laughs> it's about it. It's so rare. Yeah. It's so rare, you know? And, and it has such enormous power. And just like I was talking about that quiet voice, you know, how I quieted down it, that from that comes all the power. That's where your magnetism comes from. That's where your, where your, charisma comes from that's where all that magnificent stuff that we all have inside us comes from and where we all manifest under certain circumstances so it's you know that's what we need to find that's what it would be useful i i say not need it would be useful for us to find that's one of my new favorite words useful for us to find in this time where there is such tragedy happening and like we were discussing you know all the pandemic things the you know the uh, uh, government money and the stimulus things and even the utilities are now starting to collect and they're going to be turning off your stuff again they're doing that while I'm personally still experiencing people still losing yeah you know we're, we're, this is not over you know maybe the worst of the disease is over but the, the ramifications from it are no i think we're going to experience those for years and that's why i think this this conversation is so critical right because you can't get out of this feeling defeated right right and we can't go go further into this when we're feeling defeated we need to figure out where our strength is they brought up an interesting uh quote i remember wherever you are be there right right that's kind of what you're saying wherever you are be there and then get okay with that and then from there we can move forward that's right yeah yeah there's there's uh i listen to eckhart tolle a lot i love him but he talked about uh a famous uh i can't remember uh, krishnamurti i think maybe it was who said uh, he was being asked what's the secret to his unflappableness, his ability to be at peace. And, and he, he says, I never mind what happens. Now what he means by that is he doesn't argue with what is in existence. I have some very, you know, people who know me personally know I have some very tough things going on from a divorce and and uh, challenges with custody around that. And I don't want those things to be what they are. I really don't. And so a lot of my discomfort comes from that part of me that is so attached to making it not so. And it's not fun to go, this is how it is. And therefore, that means my life right now is this this is the reality of my life right now but only from that place can i make steps that aren't based upon wishing my life was somewhere else i mean think about 
one of the great analogies, I think, is driving on the freeway and how you can't get up against the bumper of the person in front of you because you don't want them to be there. You don't want them to be going slowly. And even though they won't speed up and they won't change lanes, you're going to stay there and you're all out bent out of shape because they shouldn't be there. Whereas if you backed off from their bumper, chilled out and said, this is where I am, you might be able to see lanes, oh, openings. There's an opening over there. I bet I could drive. And you see where you can go, right? So I don't know that this is directly saying what the different role is, but maybe if we want to put it into that, into becoming what would be most useful is, I think, finding the place where we become a person however much we would or would not like it to be what it is that we accept what it is. We come to terms, not happy about right. it. We just go, it is. This is how it is right now. And that's a different way of being than most of us are when we're trying to push to change things that's, and make that's things the happen. Point, that's the point of attraction where you can change what is. Right. right. You can't do it pushing against it. Right. You know, as Ab I follow the Abraham teachings a lot, and they say I anything, love Abraham. anything you don't want and you push against, it just makes it stronger. That's right. So you get more of it rather than we're not going to push against it. Right. Okay, that's the way it is, and that was created from what was, Right. So what do we want now? What's the next step? That's right. And it's something that I, in the science of switching on, which is my methodology for teaching, you know, the training of performance. And performance really can be taken in the broadest terms of, of everything we do in life. We perform it. And the same universal laws apply. You know, but I have something I call an energy lock, okay? And an energy lock is when something that we think or feel is butting up against what we think we should think or feel. And the energy just gets locked up like that. And the way I, uh, the example I do is in, uh, you may have seen this in workshops, I, I, I get two biggest guys in the room that I can and get them on either side of a chair and have one standing on this side, the other standing on that side, and I've given both of them the same instruction that when I say go, push the chair as fast as you can to the other wall. And everybody starts laughing because, you know, they're standing and they dig in and, you know, the <laughs> testosterone kicks in and, and these guys are trying to be the bull who can move the chair. But nobody can move the chair because all that energy is going in, nowhere. Yeah. It's going nowhere. Yeah. Locks, I, it locks it up, right? It exactly. locks it up. But then I put them on the same side and I say, now do the same thing, but then I won't let them go because they damage the Room. The chair will go right through the wall, right? <laughs> right, which tells you that, and also you look at that in physics, you know, uh, like a, a, a sound wave that is in oppos opposition, out of phase, mm -hmm. you get phase cancellation, right. which is the sound mm -hmm. gets quieter or can even disappear in some circumstances. That's how noise-canceling microphones work or earphones work, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But when the waves are in sync, they're not, it's just not a little louder, it's double yep. the amplitude, meaning volume, mm -hmm. it's double. And so we work inside like that too. That's how our energy works. So when we're in opposition to ourselves, which is trying to force getting somewhere, which you were talking about, that's what happens. We, we actually are pushing against, like you said, we're pushing against what is, and therefore, we're the, what is pushes up harder against us. Yeah. And you can't win that battle. There's no way you to can't. win that. Yeah. And, you and you know, it's like the noise-canceling headphones. You you're cancel yourself out. Or Tony Robbins always put it as you have inner civil war. That's exactly right? what I'm talking about. That's yeah. my thing. I never knew that. That's great. <laughs> I love that. That's the, that's the energy lock. It's inner yeah. civil war. Mm -hmm. And it's why I said, you know, you need that moment of I do feel helpless. Because that moment of being with it is aligning with the truth. If you're in a hurry to get past it, it's because you want to get rid of it. And when you want to get rid of it, you're doing exactly what you're mentioning yeah. about 
Abraham, you know. And we do it uh, when we're nervous about something. We try to push the nerves away. We try to push our fear away. So if we're afraid of losing our home, you know, um, or we're not going to be able to pay the rent or some massive change is going to happen, it's, it, it's our fear of that and our underlying fear that we don't have the resources as a human being to handle the new circumstances that this, what feels like and would be, it's not fake, it would be cataclysmic and horrible to possibly lose your home, but we somehow believe that, or do not believe that it's something that we could survive. And I don't mean, oh, I can survive that, which is telling yourself that you can survive it, but I'm talking about really spending time envisioning how you'd lose your place. You know, I, I don't believe that the magical thinking that if you consider that, that you're going to lose it. No, I feel you're going to give yourself the space to know that it would feel tragic, it would be terrible. And somehow, I, I would not never sleep again. Even if I had nothing, I would find a bench in a park to go to sleep on. I would dig through trash cans. Now, I'm not saying go to that, but I'm saying when you start really thinking at that level, you start realizing I'd find, I'd, I'd, sur I'd survive, you know. And it gets scarier, I think, as you get older because you start thinking, well, maybe, I, maybe you don't have a big family, you know, and yeah. what would I do? Well, y y you know, there, there are, the pandemic has taught me that there's a lot of resources out there that I think most people don't even know about. Right. You know, right. if everybody's never heard of 211, I don't know if, how many people have heard of 211. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. 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 So um, that's something I never heard of. But there's a thing called benefits.gov, which if you haven't gone on that website, you should go on because you take a survey at the beginning of it, which talks about, which basically finds out what areas do you need help in. And then you get like 50 different websites of different things that would apply to different areas of your life, everything from food to medicine to, you know, and though hopefully you don't have to make use of it, hopefully the, the fact of understanding that it's out there, you know, yeah. so that that is another way of shifting who you are, of shifting the role. It's, it's almost getting okay knowing that no matter what happens. And my, my mantra for me has always been, no matter what happens, I always land on my feet. That's right. And that's a belief I have, and I've had that for a very long time. No matter how difficult things get, I find a way. I've always found a way. And right. no matter what happens going forward, I know I will find a way. And that gives me a lot of confidence, but not everyone has that. No. Though, though probably... 80% of those people who don't have that belief have that ability. Yes. Yes. You know, so, so I, 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 I mean, would it be valuable to jump back to the idea of adopting a role or is, is what we're on good enough or, or, or you know, I want to make sure that I don't uh, neglect to give what, I promised, you know. Yeah, we're at, we're at the uh, hour mark now. So we uh, really what I wanted to give people as a gift here is when you're in that state of feeling overwhelmed, there's no way out. There's there no is way out. How do you access that? You gave some good examples a little bit at a time, looking for other resources that you didn't know existed. That's really helpful because... Um, Strength comes sometimes from having, knowing there are safety nets out there, whether or not you ever need them, right? The guy who learns how to do the trapeze is not doing that without safety nets, right? They, they yeah. have them at first when they're training because they know they're going to fall. And at this point in time, it's nice to know that all is not lost, that there are right. safety nets out there for you. So let me give you a, a quick analogy, okay. which is our brains, our minds are so cunning 
that no matter what we come up with as a solution, it's going to find another way around it to get you again, right? So I'm actually looking for the right clip right now. I think you got to be like Bruce Lee because he can be surrounded by 30 guys, 30 enemies, and no matter what direction they come from, he's got some kind of a kick, a punch, a block, or whatever. That's why he can combat all 30. You've got to have that in your brain. You've got to, because maybe this stuff about settling with something works well. Or maybe today it's, you know, I'm somebody who always is able to make it work no matter what. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that I necessarily believe that right now, but I am believing it because I'm telling, it's back to I'm a guy who doesn't have regrets. I always make it work. I just do. I always make it work, and I always will. So if I allow myself, that's back to allowing, allow myself not to be subjective while I'm saying that and contradict myself, but allow it to actually be the truth. To feel it, exactly. Yeah. Then that may be what I need today. And tomorrow I may need to play some music to get me going, you know. And then the day after that, and this is one that I think people really need to be more okay with, and maybe everybody is, go to sleep. Curl up on the couch and go to sleep, you know. <laughs> get womb-like, but be very careful of this. I noticed that I used to use that. First of all, we don't think we're ever going to get up if we do that. But what I've noticed is that at some point, usually longer than you would have wanted to, but at some point, something shifts and getting up becomes like it's organic. I, I get up and I start doing things. I don't know why, what passed, but, but it does. But the worst thing you can do is be guilting yourself out yep. for doing that. Oh, guilting yourself out for time. feeling what you feel, right? And guilt yourself out for taking the time taking the to time. stop. Yep. You know, that's what I used to do. Yep. So, so it, you're totally screwing yourself because not only are you not getting the rest you need, if you can't keep your eyes open, you can't keep working, but you're also not allowing yourself to get the benefit of enjoying that rest. So you, I had to and still have to consciously go, it's okay, you know, enjoy this. And what's helpful is having had the experience enough times of watching this part of myself that at some point does organically begin, get up some, at some point. Yeah. Even if it's the next day, yep. it starts again. And then maybe I get one thing done that day. And instead of negging myself out about it, you know? Yep. Anyway, I hope I hope that's been very useful. good. Now, uh, before we end here, because I know we're we're running a little longer than we normally do, how do people find out about you? What do you have to offer them, and how do they work with you if they want to do that? Sure. Um, well, I think we said go to my go to my website, which is stephenmemmel.com. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new stuff done. It right now it looks just like for performers, and it, I'm happy to work with people who need to sing and act and all that. But just send me an email, get on the email list, and you'll get um, on my uh, business list, which is for people who are experts, authors, coaches, people who need to be able to express themselves more freely, more fully, who, who you know, aren't sure how they come across even. You know, I had a, a C... Uh, CFO, a COO of a major corporation, $200 billion, $200 million corporation who I worked with because he felt he came off too aggressively with wow. his people. So it's really like, how, how am I expressing myself? Do I need to work on the sound of my voice? Because that's uh, uh, an indication of what's going on inside you. You know, my physicality, my body, what, what, what am I communicating in the world? So that's what I have to offer. You want to speak better. You want to deliver better. You want to communicate better in one-on-one -on -one meetings or boardrooms, whatever. 
or you want to sing or whatever, you know, whatever it is, that's, that's what I can offer. So get in touch with me. Uh, there's also a form on my website where you can contact me to be contacted. Um, and I'll reach out to you and set a time up to talk with you about what, what your things are that you want to solve. And, and, uh, and you know what? Don't even feel obligated to do anything. If you just want to spend a little bit of time finding out how I might be able to help you with something you think, well, wonder if he could do that, if he could help me with that. Give, let me know you want to speak to me, and I'll be happy to, to give you some time. Stephen does a lot of great stuff. I know the people that he's worked with. I've seen his work. I've seen the, the results of his work. So if you want to check him out, stephenmemmel.com. Stephen, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Robert, this thank you fun. so much. It yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. We'll do this again. Uh, you guys will give us your feedback and let us know how you enjoyed having Stephen here. And if you liked him, he's going to sit in L.A. traffic again and come back down <laughs> for another visit. Uh, I'd appreciate be happy that. to. Really I appreciate you. you know, in the extra effort there to get through all that traffic to My get pleasure. down here. My pleasure, yeah. really. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And if this was helpful, give it a heart because that's what helps other people see it as well. And uh, please share it with your friends and followers. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And we'll see you again next week. Same channel, same time. Take care, everyone.